Hey there, how's it going everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. This is a podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. It is week three of Nintendo Month. Uh, My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. I'm so excited for today's episode. Me too. And what's so fun about, (laughs) it seems like every Nintendo Month... Um, one of my favorite kind of of the kinds of episodes that we do are when we can spotlight on a recent entry yes. in a Nintendo franchise. A lot of you call this episode is going to be <laughs> yeah. Uh, today's episode is going to be really fun because this isn't a game made by Nintendo, but it features their mascot. Mm-hmm. Today we're going to be focusing on the two games in the Mario plus Rabbids series. Yeah, I, the focus is definitely Sparks of Hope. What we're doing is. Near the beginning of the episode, we're playing, I think, four pieces from Kingdom Battle. Um, just to yeah, just to sort of give context. To give context of... if anyone hasn't heard that score yet. But then after that, we're going to be focusing the majority of our episode on the really exciting game and soundtrack, Sparks of Hope. Uh, and, and if any of you are under a rock, <laughs> um, this was a soundtrack that was composed by Yoko Shimomura, Grant Kirkhope, and Gareth Coker. What a surprising and cool group of composers that I never imagined <laughs> to work on a game together. So how cool is that? Yeah, the original game, Kingdom Battle, um, was you know, composed by Grant Kirkhope. And what was so great about that soundtrack is it really felt like the full flower of a lot of his N64 music yeah. in terms of style. Yet getting to do it with a real orchestra and for... a I mean, a proper-ish Mario game, which I know had been something he'd always really wanted to do. Uh, And so that was such a cool um, soundtrack for him. And what was interesting, you know, when we talked to him, I think it was last year or something, while he was working on Sparks of Hope, he was sort of alluding to that the style of the second game in the series was going to be very different than the first. He wasn't kidding. Decidedly more orchestral. And what's interesting, I don't know... uh, at which point in the process they brought on Shimomura and Gareth Coker, but I'm so glad they did. First of all, I mean, it is this sort of dream team, <laughs> these composers that you never thought would be placed together. I mean, Yoko Shimomura and Grant in their own you know, respects are both legendary VGM composers. Truly, um, and Yoko has worked on a number of games like this, like ancillary side Mario games, whether it's the Mario and Luigi Superstar mm-hmm. uh, series or the original Super Mario RPG for the SNES, of which we've sung its praises many times. Gareth Coker, um, I think, was originally most celebrated and well-known for uh, the Ori games, Ori in the Blind Forest and Ori Will of the Wisps. But he also recently worked on uh, Halo Infinite. And mm-hmm. what's interesting, who would ever imagine that a Mario title would have a composer who worked on a Halo game? It's pretty crazy. But yeah. It's also great. I think what you guys will definitely appreciate as we listen to the Sparks of Hope soundtrack is how cohesive, like you can hear the yeah. personality. Like this is definitely Yoko. This is definitely Grant. This is definitely Gareth, but they, they, they together had really well. Yeah, they had a clear um, inspirations and definite intention to the sound of the score. So very excited to get to that. Before we do that, let's give a little bit of context. Let's start off with a few tracks from Kingdom Battle. And this will actually be really fun to see 
uh, what changed in the tone of the Sparks of Hope score. So let's do that right now. What you heard playing in, that was from Sparks of Hope. So we'll go back to that. That was Sunny Side of the Galaxy, a delightful piece by Grant. Uh, Let's move on to a track we're going to play from Kingdom Battle. It's The Adventure Begins, uh, of course, composed by Grant Kirkhope. Let's take a listen. You guys listening to The Adventure Begins. This is from Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Most people would say Mario and Rabbids. uh, Composed by Grant Kirkhope. And I love the idea that for this spin-off Mario game developed by Ubisoft, that they would get uh, a composer that has never worked in the Mario series before. I think that was a really smart idea. The tone of the game uh, and the music, because of that, is really separate and on its own. And I love that. This is a lot of fun. Yes, and though Grant hasn't necessarily worked on definitely a mainline entry in the series, you know, Rare was essentially kind of like Nintendo's third arm back oh, totally. in the 90s. And, you Especially know, composers on the like SNES David Wise. Yeah, absolutely. Composers like David Wise, Evelyn Fisher, you know, Graham Norgate, Grant Kirkhope, they did so much excellent work. Uh, both in the 16-bit and then on the N64, so many classic titles that use, you know, Nintendo franchises like, you know, the Donkey Kong Country games, DK64, but also Mm -hmm. incredibly iconic titles like GoldenEye, Perfect Dark. And what I love about and I really respect about Grant is he has such a singular voice and he seems very unashamed of that voice. And what's cool about hearing his evolution over the years is personally i feel like he's actually gotten better as a composer i agree particularly with how he writes for the orchestra yet it's that same personality that was there in perfect dark his use of these kind of um you know borrowed chords very filmic very 90s these Mm -hmm. you know planing chords that don't necessarily belong in the same key and his unabashed sense of fun and there's a lot of the yeah, there's a lot of, of banjo kazooie games in pieces in that have score. the sense of humor and part of that is uh you know what he was asked to do for specific moments but yeah i mean this both of these scores definitely have some some moments of sense of humor um let's see what we have we have three more tracks from kingdom battle before we move on to sparks uh let's play this is a cool one hoppers Thank you. 
Delightful. You, you guys are listening to Hoppers by Grant. And this is exactly what Will was talking about. Uh, hearing the same composer with the same spirit that we've loved uh, ever since we were introduced to his music, probably with Banjo-Kazooie for most people. But yes, this is someone who's just kept improving uh, over time. And so it, it is it is really wonderful that he was asked to compose this game and then that he, along with other amazing composers, worked on Sparks of Hope. I'm really excited to get to that. But yeah, this is definitely setting a pretty clear sense of personality for what this series is going to be. It's it's textbook Kirkopian, which is a term <laughs> we've used on the podcast before. The thing that I love about this, and this shares some commonality with a few tracks in DK64 and mm-hmm. Banjo-Kazooie, where it really feels like this does belong in a Nintendo with a capital N Nintendo game. Yeah. And it was interesting, when we talked to Grant on our 500th episode, he he's such a humble guy, and I remember him saying that, you know, Nintendo does a great job at this sort of jazzy pop style and you know i'm <laughs> i could never do that. that yeah i i can't do that but when i hear a track like this it's like this is clearly such an homage structurally in terms of the rhythms the orchestration and the harmonies that sort of flat six flat seven one cadence at the end is such a koji kondo kind of move and yeah what you'll definitely hear in sparks of hope is a lot of influence from mario galaxy which i know oh we've gosh, spoken yeah. to grant over the years i know that's a score that he really loves and his i remember he talked about you know when that game came out playing it with his kids and Mm -hmm. just seeing how much they loved the game and the music i know that made an impact on him and you can really hear that influence on certain tracks in kingdom battle well will you know what's funny the entire score of sparks yeah and this is maybe more with sparks but but with both of them to to lesser extent and it feels like the moments when maybe all of the these composers are not trying to do a nintendo send-up and just making earnest serious music that's probably when it feels the most nintendo right I, that's such a good point yeah and this is something we've talked about before that you know our, our favorite nintendo composers though the games and the context of the music can be comedic you know i mean you think mm-hmm. about even stuff like blatantly goofy things like the touch fuzzy get dizzy but part of why that humor works is because those composers are taking the emotions seriously and they're they're not shying right. away from dissonant harmonies or, or or complex musical textures, or just earnestly beautiful, sincere melodies. Yeah. And so I think it's like, uh, yeah, I, and that's something that I think there's a tradition of that in like cartoon music, whether it's using classical music or it's kind of like you exaggerate the emotions perhaps based on how it's used in context, but yeah. it's funny because the music is actually really good. If it was <laughs> intentionally like bad or quirky condescending music, it, it wouldn't have the same comedic effect. I think. Yeah. And definitely sparks in general has a more serious tone in the music. Like there's way less opportunities where the music is, uh, having a sense of humor we hear that more in kingdom battle uh this is a really cool track will actually first brought this in many years ago on a show and tell so some of you might remember it from that episode this is mid boss mayhem a really fun elfman-esque piece of music let's take a listen
guys listening to Mid Boss Mayhem, which is another <laughs> perfect encapsulation of what's special about Grant Kirkhope's music. It's like he's bringing together a lot of different things that I think he enjoys. Film music, cartoon music, folk tunes, even like childhood chant, folk tunes, um, bringing all of it together. There's, there's a lot of like swashbuckling, like sea shanty influence also. It's just, it's, it's hard not to smile at this track. Yeah, I mean, this is a piece of music where I think almost the less you say, the better, because the yeah. music is just so colorful. It just puts an image in, in your head. Yeah. And I, this is one of my all-time favorite Grant Kirkhope compositions, because I think it encapsulates so much of what I love about this man. I mean, mm-hmm. just you get such a sense of his personality. There's a confidence to not only the writing itself and the way it's arranged and orchestrated, but going for this kind of thing. Like, it's so unself conscious it's not trying to be cool it's not subtle at all but it's an exceptionally well-written and well-orchestrated melody and it it's just fun i mean that it is if you can capture it in one word it is textbook fun uh yeah to me it's like when i first heard this it just made me so happy because it's like what we're saying it's like this is the composer of banjo kazooie this is the composer that you know we've loved for all those years and he's in you know high (laughs) he's in sort of you know excellent form here i mean it's just like some of his best writing chops. This last track from Kingdom Battle is in kind of a similar, you know, ballpark to what we just heard in Mid Boss Mayhem. This is actually a piece that occurs near the end of the score. Um, so yes, we <laughs> we don't have time for most of the music in Kingdom Battle. Um, we'll find some opportunities in the future, maybe to play some more tracks from that first score. But before we move to Sparks, one more from Kingdom Battle. It's the Lava Forge. <laughs> This man loves his surprising chord changes, doesn't he? That's definitely one of the signature characteristics of Grant's music. This is the Lava Forge. Uh, and this all this music we've heard, other than the play-in, so far has been for Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, which came out for the Switch as well as what we're going to be moving on to. Um, yeah, Will, is there anything else you wanted to say about the Kingdom Battle soundtrack that might be a little different from what we're about to hear in the Sparks of Hope soundtrack? Yeah, well, I think a big component of uh, when people think of Grant Kirkhope, and I specifically mentioned Banjo-Kazooie, but also DK64 is cut from the same cloth, certain tracks from Viva Pinata, you know, obviously a lot of the ukulele stuff. Right. It has that sort of irreverent, 
uh, two parts Danny Elfman, but two parts like classic cartoon music where it's, it's built on a lot of these pre-existing tropes and cliches. So there's this pastiche element to it, but also, you know, like you mentioned, his surprising chord changes, often like tritone relationships between major chords or, you know, these um, third relation kind of harmonies. But mm-hmm. it's, it's very sugary and in your face. And there's a particular character of humor to that. Uh, that really defines a lot of the Kingdom Battle score. Sparks of Hope, like I said, is, a, I think, a bit more earnest oh, in yeah. that it's going for, like Mario Galaxy, a lot of this sort of martial orchestral pop. There's an epicness very to a lot pure, of the music. beautiful melodies. But, I mean, I think that track we heard, The Adventure Begins... Um, or even hoppers are a lot more like the tone of Sparks of Hope rather than that mid-boss mayhem mm-hmm. or the track that we just heard. There's a lot of you know use of the Lydian mode and very beautiful, wide-eyed, optimistic kind of sounds. But then also there's some music that has kind of like a grand, uh, dramatic, balletic orchestral quality. Yeah, I'm excited well. to talk about how you know potentially these three composers may have approached things differently and what they did to approach it very similarly. So that'll be some fun discussions. Let's let's do it. So Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Uh, we're going to start off with a Yoko Shimomura composition. It's prologue on the back of the Dark Mess Manta. Holy moly, uh, that was Prologue from Sparks of Hope by Yoko Shimomura. One of the best tracks on the score, really starting things off with a bang. That is the first piece on the soundtrack, too, if you're just listening to it. Um, it's amazing. And yeah, a level of authenticity, epicness, energy uh, to let you know what's in store for Sparks of Hope. Yeah, yeah I mean, this is outstanding. Or- orchestral sophistication. I mean, the, the call and response, the counterpoint, and all the, the lovely little detail. It's a very grand composition. Mm-hmm. And also the emotional heights it it reaches. Like some yeah. of those more lyrical passages, it feels very epic. It feels fortuitous. I mean, these are all qualities that you wouldn't necessarily say about the Kingdom Battle score. And it's not for lack of... Um, some sort of execution. It's just it's yeah. going for a different kind of thing. Um, I haven't played Sparks of Hope yet, but based on all of the imagery and everything, it, it seems like there's a lot of intentional um, homage and acknowledgement of the Galaxy games, which has that grand space mm-hmm. opera, 
orchestral epicness, if you will. And so I think it, what's cool is hearing these composers that didn't work on that series do their version of it. And Yoko Shimomura, you know, she's also known for the Kingdom Hearts games, which often gets to that, or Final, or Fantasy, Final Fantasy, you know, yeah. <laughs> talk about, you know, epic RPG, high energy things. What I think is so cool, and some of my favorite tracks of hers from today are the ones that remind me of the sort of compositional spirit she had back on the SNES. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's certain elements of this particular track where I hear this is the woman who wrote Street Fighter 2 right and that gives me chills and there's also tracks that we're going to hear later today where you hear this is the woman who wrote Super Mario RPG so we have 14 um, pieces in total from Sparks today we we had four that we played from Kingdom Uh, I just wanted to say Yoko was in some ways, the lead composer, she she composed the most number of pieces, followed by Grant, who also composed quite a few. Uh, Gareth uh, did not compose very much for the score. Uh, so I but think what he our did playlist... Was oh my gosh. Yeah. Our playlist is fairly representative of that. I think out of the 14, I think seven today are Yoko tracks. Four, including that play-in, we'll count that. Four are Grant and three are... Gareth. Okay, and it's great that we have specific crediting too. Let's move on to another Shimamura piece. This is Dark Secrets on a Sunlit Planet. beautiful piece of music you're listening to dark secrets on a sunlit planet again by shimamura from sparks of hope yeah it was interesting when i started uh finally getting around to listen to this this whole score started off i was actually quite surprised uh with maybe how serious and how dark (laughs) the emotions were of some of the opening pieces um and then what was really cool is when you get to like a grant piece or even when you get to like a Gareth piece, like some of his stuff was maybe the most energetic. Uh, and then Grant had a lot of lively, colorful tunes. It was really cool to see like what they were assigned with. But then what we said earlier, also how it all stands together, it all is gelled together really well too. Yeah, I think so too. I'm I, One criticism that I had at first when I listened to the score was that I felt, and you know, you can't tell it from the two tracks that we've played so far <laughs> because I think those are both, they feel very grand and there's a, a sense of orchestral fullness to them, but quite a lot of the music, the orchestra to me felt a little wimpy. Like it felt like this small chamber sound. Sometimes I felt there should be more percussion 
percussion mm-hmm. or that it, it didn't feel it felt like the music was trying to be really grand and, and large yet it felt like the sound of the particular orchestra was small yeah, I hear that but the more that it sat with me and especially when I thought about the context of what this game is I think that actually makes it feel more like Nintendo to me uh, because I think we're very inundated especially these days whenever we hear orchestral music in a film or game context often maybe too much is that sort of yeah turning it up to 11 and there's something about music that is very energetic and loud but coming through it's filtered through this ensemble that is sort of decidedly chambery there's yeah. something about that that reminded me of that nintendo spirit and totally. i do think it was intentional and that instrumentation uh is one of the things that helps to glue the music of all these composers together Absolutely. Let's move on to one of my favorites today from Sparks of Hope. This is Icy Battle Ballet, and it's composed by Grant Kirkhope. You guys are listening to the delightful Icy Battle Ballet, composed by Grant Kirkhope. Um, now, this track feels like it was written for this exact ensemble. It's really, really confident. Uh, and yeah, th- when I got to this point in the soundtrack, I was like, "All right, now, now we're in business." Yeah, there, there is. It was interesting, you know, hearing a lot of music that was in a tone I wasn't expecting, but then I get to this and it's exactly what I was maybe looking for. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. It's hard to sort of encapsulate the three composers. I, I think my initial impression, and again, the, the, all this music is still very fresh to me, so my yeah, me feelings too. and thoughts could change, but my feeling was that uh, Grant had the best melodies. I think I would agree that with that. Uh, Shimamura had the most interesting orchestral writing. Mm. Uh, she's just such a, a master of orchestration yeah. and of just colors and rhythms and harmonies. Yet sometimes I, I, I have gotten this sense over the years that the sense of sort of simplicity or melodic clarity is something that I don't know if she's lost or maybe just her tastes or styles. Her yeah, the melodies aren't have quite changed. firing uh, um, as high as maybe they were at one but, point. What's also so interesting is I feel like this score has some of Grant's best orchestration. Uh, This track, I think, is very emblematic of that. I mean, just the way that he writes for the orchestra is impeccable. How did you um, take in Gareth's music and compare to maybe what you were just saying about the other two? 
You know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Gareth, especially for what he did on the Ori games. And I think he was the perfect choice because, you know, he kind of reminds me of a rare composer in the sense (laughs) that he's this, you know, British fellow. He's this Westerner, but writing in the style of a lot of Japanese composers. So I kind of think he's almost the the midpoint between Grant yeah, has a very signature style. Yoko has a signature style and Gareth's kind of somewhere in the middle, which I think, again, it's like another great choice because it gives some cohesion. His tracks are you can't really describe them in one style. Mm-hmm. I think he has some of the most variety in terms of what he does with um, his tracks. Yoko also has a lot of variety, and Grant just always is Kirkopian, yeah. which is what we want him to be. Let's move on to the next piece we're going to play today. And this is a pretty large score, so yes, we don't have time for everything. There's some great stuff we had to cut today. This is another Grant Kirkhope composition. It's called Peon to Palette Prime. Outstanding piece. This is Peon to Palette Prime from Sparks of Hope, composed by Grant Kirkhope. Yeah, it's it's really awesome to to see and hear the evolution of this composer. Even just going from you know the the quality of the sound from the crappy N sixty four samples to this, uh, and that's just more of a video game music history kind of a thing. Just to see that is really cool, but really to see his uh, his craft continue to evolve it's really great yeah there were there were a lot of moments in the score that reminded me of Star Fox Assault totally uh, which I think is it makes sense because I and think sometimes a similar orchestral to, sound too right yeah prior to Galaxy I think that was a score that to me it's like the first time I heard Galaxy I felt oh this reminds me of Star Fox Assault this is very head of, of head of the Nintendo curve Nintendo-y composition for the orchestra uh, but yeah I completely agree I mean Grant is in rare form on this score <laughs> in, incredible writing incredible orchestration he has great melodies but this is a really unique track I mean I had just mentioned that you know all of his stuff is Kirkopian and that, while that's true, I think you could say that this is Gareth or Yoko, and I would have believed that too, uh, that, which is something that I think is really cool about this score, that yeah. there is this cohesiveness. But what an interesting track, rhythmically. I love the sort of dancey quality of this, that sort of Me too. odd meter There's a folkiness um, shifting too. sound. Yeah, definitely. And that, there's something about that, that that feels a little bit tapping into like... I don't know, British folk kind of tradition. Absolutely. Certain things that he tapped into on Viva Pinata, where it's like 
sort of classical. Like I even get feelings oh, of yeah, like a Rafe von there Williams was like or something. There were three or four different moments in listening to Sparks where it reminded me a lot of some of the stuff he did in Viva Pinata. Uh, let's let's move on to a back-to-back Yoko bunch here. Really s- strong stuff. This is Beacon in the Darkness by Shimamura from Sparks of Hope. This is Beacon in the Darkness, composed by Yoko Shimomura. One of my favorites of hers on this score. Uh, yeah, just a lot of confidence. Um, this track is a real delight because it's a minute, 53 seconds, but <laughs> the different places that she takes us in this journey is is really, is really impressive. And it's one of those things that I notice a lot when I listen to a classical piece of music, you know, even a full movement of something that might be five minutes long, uh, you're not going to go to as many places as, as Yoko takes you here in, in this VGM track. It's one of the things I love about video game music. I think that's a great point. And it's also something that uh, orchestra music can do very well because you have, it's it's both discreet and grand at the same time. There's there's mm-hmm. so many combinations of colors that you can make. Yet Volume at the same too. time, it it's is crazy. a limited form. Um, it It is this collection of instruments and nothing more. And there's something about that that I think almost like chiptune music or something is is very inspiring to a composer because the especially someone like Yoko who's been doing it for so long and really I think has mastered the form I mean she yeah. is a master orchestral writer and this is what I'm getting at that I think the appeal in her music is less from like if you were to do a, a piano reduction or even simpler than that take a lead sheet of the melodies I don't necessarily know that her tracks would be the ones that stick in your head the most mm-hmm. yet when you hear it fully arranged and sort of the it's the so color and dynamicism, and I mean, it's just, yeah, I think her tracks are the standout of the score for that reason. But it's kind of the thing that it's, it's a little bit irreducible. You can't yeah. take out any of these elements without losing some of the emotional impact, which is, I mean, there's nothing, I don't mean that isn't a criticism necessarily. It's just, it's a way that I feel like I've seen her style evolve. Her music, if you look at something like Street Fighter 2, the best thing about those tracks are the melodies. Yeah. The actual arrangements and in some well, the of the, sounds the nitty are gritty details <laughs> a lot of are, yeah, I mean, like we've talked about, there really isn't like a definitive version of that. That, but you the had strength to have comes those from melodies, be the melodies. And I think over the years, she's transformed a little bit in the sense that a lot of the appeal of her music comes not only from the melodies or the harmonies or any one particular element, but it's the entirety of yep. the arrangement. Let's play one more Yoko track here. This is Cold Dark Mask of the Mountain, part one. Mm-hmm. 
You guys are listening to Cold Dark Mask of The Mountain Part 1. Will, let's talk for a few minutes about the arrangement and the orchestration on this track, but also on the whole score. Uh, What are some of your takeaways? What are some things that resonated with you? Well, on this particular track, I hear her very strong influence from fellow Final Fantasy composer Nobuo Uematsu. This chord progression that he's used a lot, we've called it out as being sort of like the James Bond chord progression, where the fifth goes up chromatically and then back down. Um, Both that, but then also this combination of momentum in the accompaniment. There's this really interesting rhythmic texture, but then that juxtaposed with, but it's very consistent. It's in kind of this insipid motor. Yet over on top of that, there's this gorgeous lyrical melody that's also really well orchestrated. Mm -hmm. We first hear it in the oboe, and then it's doubled an octave unison below in the bassoon. So we have this double reed character, which really cuts through that busy orchestral texture. But it's it's where a lot of the the richness and nuance of this music comes from, is Mm -hmm. that melody, there's this pathos to it. There's this sad tragedy. It has this Eastern European folk or classical sound to it. Well, that was the emotion that maybe surprised me a lot when listening to the score is when I got to pieces like that. I was like, I was not expecting this in the Sparks of Hope score. Maybe I should have been, but I was surprised. Yeah, that, I think you called this out earlier. That's one of the things that feels so Nintendo-y about it. Is totally. this taking the emotion seriously and having the... And I think that's a quality... I mean, maybe it's not even just Nintendo because I mentioned Uematsu. It, it could be a cultural thing of mm-hmm. a Japanese composers, of a willingness to use beautiful harmonies and beautiful melodies in service of something that isn't necessarily trying to be self-consciously beautiful right uh and it's it's a quality that i really love and i think this piece of music it does so much right it stylistically it doesn't necessarily remind me of mario galaxy but in terms of the arranging and the clarity of thought behind it that it's like there's this ostinato motor that's really in and of itself orchestrally interesting harmonically interesting yet you have this very simple lullaby-esque tune on top of it and it's all so well balanced and well arranged and then when she cuts back to just the piano i mean such dynamicism and yeah, storytelling that was a in the moment. arrangement well some of you are probably sitting there very antsy waiting for a gareth coker composition okay let's do it this is a gareth track it's fight songs from the flower planet Outstanding track, one of my favorites from Sparks. This is Fight Songs from the Flower Planet. 
by Gareth Coker. And Gareth uh, probably did the least number of compositions out of these three on the score, um, but some of the most exciting moments happen to be his compositions, definitely uh, percussive, percussion-wise. Um, that's the case. Yeah, this this is really good. I, I'm a big fan of the melodic writing. I'm a fan of the dynamic contrast. Uh, the use of percussion is really great. Really exciting stuff. And a lot of the things that we called out in the previous track, we could say about this one, the sort of sadness or tragedy that the quality of pathos in the music harmonically that comes it, it, across, well, though it's a you very so right. high energy composition. Earlier you were saying that Gareth kind of is right in the middle, and I feel like this is such a great example of that. There are so many moments in this track that feel like he had to have been going for like a Kirkopian kind of thing. Like, I don't know, there's a playfulness and a sense of humor and aspects of the of the melody, but then there's that, I don't right. know, that sense of emotion that reminds you of some of the Yoko tracks. It really feels like split well, down the middle. He He's clearly so influenced by a lot of Japanese composers. His his, his chord voicings, building these jazzy harmonies with stacks of fourths, for instance, and his use of, you know, borrowed chords like the flat two and the shifting harmonies and the orchestral, you know, character is very, you know, it's like a Yoko Shimomura track, but yep. to the same token, that last composition we played from Yoko, the cold, dark Mask of the Mountain reminded me of something that could be in an Ori game. <laughs> so I, that's why I do think there's there the combination of the three of them, you know, it couldn't have been just two of these composers. Yeah. There's something about that balance of those three people. They struck something real special. This, yeah, they really did, I think. Well, I'm very excited to move on to this week's track of the week. Um, this is composed by Yoko Shimomura. And actually, this was both of our favorites from the score. Is that right, Will? Yeah, I would say. This is Planet in Pre-Bloom from Sparks of Hope. just gorgeous and really puts a smile on your face. It's Planet in Pre-Bloom, composed by Yoko Shimomura. A few reasons why we picked this for Track of the Week and why we just loved it so much. I think one is that it reminded us of <laughs> maybe the quality of her melodies from something like Mario RPG. Obviously, it's it's a classical pastiche in a way. Uh, the orchestration is amazing. The writing is so good. Yeah, everything about this is... Um, kind of like a 10 out of 10 for me yeah i agree it's so gorgeous and this does belong in a mario game it's I mean, so nintendo-y that's sim that simple sequency melody 
um, but so sensitively and thoughtfully arranged and orchestrated. Yeah, uh, it's you amazing. know, there's there's a bit more in the in the soup of elements. There's a bit more um, explicitly classical with a capital C kind of a sound here, which also I reminds me of some of her work. If you think so of much. the well, I forget what it's called, the Happy Town or Happy Kingdom from yeah. uh, Mario RPG. There's that similar sense of like, this belongs in a Mario game because it's very, um, it, it has a certain kind of emotional affect. Yet at the same time, it's more explicitly classical than a lot of the Mario music. Mm. And it's, I was so delighted hearing this composition because it, it gave me that same feeling that a lot of those tracks from that score gave me, which makes it feel like, oh, this is all part of the family, that this game, even though developed by Ubisoft and, you know, connected to the Rabbids, which we haven't really talked about Rayman <laughs> at all, that the Rabbids yeah. were sort of an extension of the Rayman universe. And potentially there's some pieces on this soundtrack that actually reminded me of the Billy Martin, Christoph Heral scores for Rayman Origins and Legends. But I think that's more just to do with this kind of colorful orchestral melodic writing. But this is a track that definitely felt like, okay, this game is, it belongs in the Mario canon. Yeah. Well, let's move on to another Grant track. And I believe this was up there for Will, one of Will's favorite uh, Grant contributions from Sparks. This is Hitting Bedrock. You guys listening to Hitting Bedrock. Now, Will, what are some aspects about this piece that really resonated with you composition-wise, orchestration-wise? It's so different from uh, what I'm used to with Grant Kirkhope. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, it's, the the kinds of harmonies he employs here, uh, the, the, the stakes of the writing it feels very heavy and yeah. dark um very epic it, i mean it's it's just beautiful writing all around yeah it, it reminds me a little bit more of uh gareth coker it's it's a lot more japanese that's sounding, interesting that's for sure uh but it has sort of those classical roots i feel a little bit of influence from I don't know Russian composers like Korsakov or Mussorgsky. Or yeah, there's a something. lot of stuff mixed up in the soup on this track and on the whole score. And I think it was uh, it was a really interesting experience listening to this for the first time because I was surprised. I think um, in good ways, in neutral ways, and maybe occasionally in negative ways, listening to the score. Um, but it's one that I want to re-listen to, and I have a feeling. When that surprise isn't there and I'm just able to focus on what I'm hearing, I, I think I might have some different feelings 
Um, yeah, but I definitely really, overall, I really, really enjoyed the score, and it was a real treat to hear these three composers come together. Well, and I feel like what we've done today is sort of, we've tried our best to select, like, the greatest hits. And when you hear Absolutely. just the greatest hits, I it's love like, everything oh my gosh, on this, this playlist. is yeah. <laughs> one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard. But right. I think in context, like, some of my comments earlier don't really seem relevant if you're listening to today's episode. Like, how could this music be any more grand? What are you talking about? It's sounding chambery. This doesn't sound... But a lot of the tracks that we didn't well, play... Well, you have to remember, if anyone doesn't know this, maybe, uh, there's 52 people pieces of music on the soundtrack and today we're playing 14 at least from sparks so and that's just what's that's what's on the officially released soundtrack that probably doesn't right. encapsulate every piece of music within the game probably another not. thing we didn't mention is that there are quite a few tracks in the game that don't actually feature uh the live orchestra that yeah. instead just use the samples and some of those that they just couldn't help but feel a little underwhelming in Mm -hmm. comparison that was maybe another slight disappointing thing about the soundtrack is that obviously it's like beggars can't be choosers but you know it would be great to have everything be fully recorded and it was hard to weigh those compositions fairly just Mm. based on the merits of the music because it lacks that human element yeah Um, probably why they made the right choice in terms of which tracks received yeah i agree the live orchestra because something like this i mean it's like it's I can't imagine this reaching the yeah, same heights. That would have been a mistake if they, <laughs> if they didn't perform this one. We got four more pieces today. Looks like two Yokos and two Gareths. Uh, let's move on to a Yoko track. This is Kaleidoscopic Canopy. You guys are listening to Kaleidoscopic Canopy, composed by Yoko Shimomura. This has been a real treat, um, exploring this this soundtrack. And, you know, I think if you would have told me a few years ago that there was going to be an Ubisoft-developed Mario spin-off game with Yoko, Grant, and Gareth, I would have been really surprised, but I would have been really excited to hear that score. And this is a really fun time exploring. Yeah, I would say the greatest hits, in, in our opinion. These are some of our favorite tracks from the score this one is so beautiful will what are some things that jumped out at you when you maybe when you first heard this track um i was immediately struck with those opening harmonies that put mm. me in sort of a, a golden age of broadway headspace a little bit i could hear that um some of those really syrupy sweet whether it's you know frank lesser definitely or Richard sweet. rogers or george gershwin um some some beautiful 
chords. And that's also, there's some linkage to the classic Nintendo canon of those old pastiches. Yet when it percolates into this rhythmic, you know, it's really colorful and great playing very solid tight you know locked in rhythms wonderful for performance the on this there. one but this is another one that feels very nintendo-y to me because mm-hmm. of how serious it's taking the emotions i mean in general that's something i i really love about the sparks of hope score that the music is very earnest it's very serious and I mean, yep. it's perfect for a cartoon i'm not saying that it sounds like it belongs in you know a serious drama because the it's very broad and it's very you know colorful lively orchestral music but more i just mean the the harmonies the melodies the emotions underneath do not feel tongue-in-cheek they don't feel goofy in the way that the 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 kingdom battle tracks they feel you know intentionally silly mm-hmm. they feel like their reference points are cartoon music and these pre-existing tropes where this music doesn't really feel like it's built so much on pre-existing tropes the overall thing i will say uh if i was going to review the sparks of hope score is i would say really in every single way they they elevated things from kingdom battle to sparks of hope i mean the musicality the contrast yeah everything has been elevated for sure well i'm excited for another gareth composition this is galaxy encounter and yeah it reminds me of mario galaxy but it also reminds me of some of the music that may have inspired that soundtrack some of the orchestral composers over the years um that really show a lot of bombast and you know if you close your eyes you can really kind of picture (laughs) the cosmos let's take a listen to galaxy encounter by gareth coker One of Gareth's strongest pieces, probably, for Sparks of Hope. This is Galaxy Encounter. I'm excited for you, Will, to talk about some of the things that he's doing here uh, that I know this this track really resonated with you. I, I definitely am very impressed by the orchestration on this one. Absolutely. Uh, I'm reminded of Michael Giacchino's uh, 2009 yes, Star Trek score that was a lot on a this. a big thing for me, too. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I mean, I think that it has that sort of modern classic orchestral hybrid quality with the big taiko-y epic modern perk. Yeah, maybe um, uh, this this spectrum has maybe moved a little more to the old if, if you know, 
Michael's score was a little to the new on the spectrum. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is the it's a Nintendo video game version of that. <laughs> uh, but you know, the other thing that I love about this is it it felt that compositionally Gareth was doing a bit of a Grant pastiche. Some of yeah. these chords, some of those you know surprising harmonies that we called out before with Grant, those third relation tritone relationships, that kind of thing, and even some of the the quirky notes melodically that he'll he'll leap to these mm-hmm. angular things these are things that you know composers like john williams and danny elfman john debney alan silvestri they're known to do throughout their music so i think that's kind of a common reference point for a lot of composers yeah particularly in the context of this score i thought a track like this does such a great job of of feeling like it's it belongs in a series that grant sort of established the musical framework for yet i feel like gareth is able to bring elements of more i guess hollywood music to it it has that and this is sort of what i mean by grandness that a lot of the score doesn't have this sort of big heavy percussion especially low drums um and and maybe that's a good thing depending on how you're looking at it there were a few tracks that compositionally i felt like kind of needed to hit harder the way this one does that ended up feeling a little wimpy in terms of the way that just the acoustic sound of the orchestra was conveyed and i think this is a track where it's i'm glad they didn't do it on everything so that it didn't end up feeling kind of redundant or cliche but there is something about hearing these colorful um classic gamey and filmic harmonies and melodies with this more modern hybrid approach to percussion. Yeah, what a cool sound. It's very effective. Well, this is actually one of my favorites, too, that we're moving to. It's Yearning to Bloom. It's the only track, I think, that has guitar in the score. It's another Yoko Shimomura piece. It's very fun and lively. This is Yearning to Bloom. guys listening to yearning to bloom from princess connect oh sorry no this is actually <laughs> from sparks of hope <laughs> this is composed by yoko shimamura yeah bringing that guitar and the drums in with the orchestra it's so fitting to be our last track too other than our play out i don't know i love the placement too on this on this playlist uh, i did want to give a shout out that uh don't go anywhere because the play out is an outstanding gareth coker composition uh so definitely stick around for that play out all right, let's talk about it. Let's talk about we were fans of the Kingdom Battle score when it came out uh, a few years ago. 
I am really impressed with what they were able to do with Sparks of Hope, at least musically. We haven't played this game. Um, it's getting great reviews. Everyone's loving the game, too. But yeah, musically, I just, I'm very impressed with what they were able to do. And the idea of bringing these three composers together was such a great one. So glad that happened. Yeah, I mean, this is a really inspiring soundtrack. It's, it's great to hear three masterful composers sort of at the top of their game. Mm-hmm. Um, writing this really colorful, melodic uh, music with a very universal appeal. Um, it it takes the edge off of a lot of the sort of modern bleakness and cynicism. It sure that does. I, I feel like very much populates our world these days. And so more things like this are very much welcome and, and needed. It's a spark and this of is, hope. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the reasons why we do Nintendo Month, because I think as a company in terms of what the kind of joy and positivity sense of fun youthfulness that yeah. that company puts out is is something that the world needs and needs a lot more of so I agree. It's, it's just so great so uh, you guys um may have noticed that with these first three weeks uh they've all been kind of classic mercado format episodes without giving anything away for our last uh, week of nintendo month uh, we're going to be doing something that might be a little bit more of a new generation style episode so look for to that uh, next week the final week of nintendo month the playout is metagalactic marauders composed by gareth coker and he's like anything else you got at the end to plug will just to plug your recent album oh, thank you. if people haven't listened to that it's fantastic and people should definitely check it out thanks it so has, much what's cool is it's classic carl sort of you know fusiony funk vgm mm-hmm. elements all together but it feels it features a lot of great playing, great soloists um, that, you know, different friends of ours and, and yeah. friends of yours that uh, you asked to be a part of it. And so I think it's, if you love <laughs> Carl's music, I think you're going to like this, but it feels like maybe sl- some slightly different styles or yeah. not necessarily styles, but different overall um, production and different execution sounds, yeah. of those ideas. That it I was a lot of fun. Enjoy. Thanks for the plug, Will. Definitely check it out, everyone, if you haven't. Yeah, we're going to be back with you one more time in Nintendo Month next week. That's about it. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. (laughs) 